hey newbies, from time to time, sometimes we like spit out words that we may have covered before and it's an accident. But if we ever do that and don't explain some of the lingo, you can go to nftsfornewbies.com and get a lingo guide or just an NFT newbie guide altogether. That's going to probably save you some time, uh, maybe save you a DM and just have a reference so that way you can educate yourself on your off time if you'd like. And if you get any of those guides, then you will get our newsletter every week, every Wednesday, that is. And you will see what we've been up to, what we've released and where you can find us. Let's get to the show. So y'all, we recently hit 1 million downloads of the podcast. And when we started the show, we said we were going to make 24 to be accountable to one another to learn about NFTs. We had no idea that this many of you had the same questions as us. It would actually endure 1 million uh, downloads of this podcast. It's been absolutely insane. But let me tell you, we have learned a ton as podcasters, business owners, leaders, creatives in producing this show. And we're going to tell you what those lessons are right now. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs, but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Hey, everyone. We're super pumped. I just want to tell you, we are outside. We are in South Carolina. She left Georgia. I left North Carolina so we could meet up, caffeine, and make some content together. So if it's a little bit loud, if it's a bad listener experience, we're sorry. Not really, though, because Heather and I get to hang out, and that's what we want. So let's get into this. How did we do this? I don't know. And it's so cool, but it's also super frustrating because as somebody, and I'm sure you're this way too, Rich. I know you're this way. We're always looking for, like, advice, tips, hacks, um, systems to improve and grow. I mean, that's kind of how we connected in the beginning because we've been a growth mindset. And so, you know, reverse engineering something that is very difficult to reverse engineer is frustrating for me because we brought a lot to the table skill set wise, but I can't genuinely tell you like, oh, this is how to replicate newbies. I'm subscribed to like a lot of podcast newsletters because... I wanted to be a better podcaster and I absolutely, and I know you know me, an audience, hopefully you do by now, but like, I'm like, I know all this. Right. Like, there's right. never anything be groundbreaking. consistent, yeah. post on Instagram. And we, we need to talk about the consistency because I know it yeah. annoys you, but like, <laughs> no, and, and, yeah. and I get it, but there's nothing groundbreaking. It's always the same shit, just framed differently. Right. Always. Right. So what I would say is this is truly content is king type thing. Yeah. Right? And it's it's not just the content, it's the delivery. And I think we can deliver what you need in a simplified way, which is what people crave. But more importantly, like it was entertaining. So like you guys got a front row seat to Heather and I just like randomly doing a podcast. Like yeah. we did not hang out. We did not talk on the phone a lot or anything before this. We knew each other. We supported each other. It was very, is distant, but... Um, we just had fun and recorded yeah. it and there was no massive expectation. It wasn't until things started taking off that we started putting structure to it and really thinking through it. But I mean, we would show up with snacks mm-hmm. in a Google Doc and literally learn together and record it. Yes. And yeah. it's like... I mean, I just said content is king and it's like, I have to think back, like that was good content. 
But our first however many episodes are our most downloaded, like by far, by far. So content is king is one, is what I would say. Talk to me about us being completely unafraid or even not even thinking about the fact that we were experts. Yeah, and this is real a real threat to my ego a lot because as a, I'm, I'm going to say a performer almost, like a creative, somebody who likes being in the front of the camera and making content and all of that, it's hard to be seen publicly like as an idiot. Yep. <laughs> but this is what made it easy, Rich, is we didn't know a lot of people would be listening to it. Yeah, so I think true. if I would have known at the beginning, oh, guess what? Y'all are going to hit like a million downloads in like eight, nine months or whatever. I'd be like, oh, I'd be doing a little bit more research mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I think we were unapologetic about being newbies. So it feels a little bit better. It's not like we were going into it and being like, this is an NFT and this is how you do it or whatever. We're like, yo, what's this NFT stuff? What's going on? Oh, I read this and this and that. And so we learned beside our audience, which... I kind of like to frame this million thing of like, what would we take with us into another project, Mm -hmm. right? And I think one thing I would take with me, with whatever venture I end up doing in life is to help people find a sense of identity in what you're doing, Mm -hmm. where they're like, this is me, or this is something I belong to. Because us messing up in front of people, I think, made people feel like it was okay to mess up in their learning journey. You know what I mean? I do. One thought that keeps recurring for me is, what if we did this for ice sculptures or lifting weights or running or just anything, right? Like, Can we please? I would would love that. (laughs) It would seem ridiculous. That's what I would take with me, though, is because I'd be like, all right, cool. There's, There's a group of people, small, medium, or immense, that wants to know the thing that you're trying to do and they're not doing it for very specific reasons. And they could watch all the people all day. Like I watched this guy, there's this YouTube channel called Athlean X. This dude's like ridiculously oh, loves him. That dude's great, David. like super, super fantastic. But I'm like, when I'm like doing his like ab workouts, I'm like, dude, look at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't it be different if you're like, hey guys, for anyone who's ever, ever been afraid to go into the gym and to bench press and to even figure out how to like do these things like I'm going to do the research and we're going to do it together like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people who'd be like I'm down right. you know what I'm saying and like that might be the difference between them watching the video and actually going to the gym to do the thing right so that really scaled our sense of service and I know you and I are very kind of service oriented sure. like we want to serve right so it was kind of initially about us just like making sure we understood but then the expertise didn't mean anything. We're like, we don't have it. We don't want it. We're just trying to learn. People caught on. And then I think our intentionality became more and more like the way we picked episodes, the way we picked guests, like all that kind of stuff. And I think it was, it was huge. So moving forward, let's say we quit this today and you were go start another project. How would you translate that into a new project? Like a new subject? Yeah. A new show, a new podcast, a new venture. I would try and and... So Heather asked me before we even recorded, she goes, what would you change? I go, not much, Heather. Because, That's literally what I said, not much, Heather. Yeah, because... <laughs> He's be- always serious when he uses my name. <laughs> <laughs> because it was perfect. It was unafraid. It was... I could be behind a mic. You almost had a safety blake and then the other person... There was just no pressure. Yeah, there was nothing we needed to prove. And I think like with other shows, I wanted my show to grow so bad because it was my baby and stuff. But us just doing this for fun and enjoying it and stuff. And I'm not saying we haven't taken it seriously. And that's something else I want to talk about in a second. But also, too, I think that just pure, raw enjoyment 
people could feel that. You know, yeah. people say it's our chemistry or whatever. We really have fun. Like, yeah. we're not faking. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. But to go into kind of the more structural bit of it, this is something that I've I've learned a lot from you and I have a very hard time with. And I know it's a weakness of mine, but really thinking of the show first and the listeners. I know it sounds bad, y'all. I love you. But the listeners first versus... Mm-hmm people's feelings mm-hmm. or my own feelings mm-hmm. or your feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that if we go and we record something with Paul for 30 minutes, I will feel bad cutting that down to 28 minutes because I don't want to hurt Paul's feelings. Oh, hell no. I know. I'm like, cut it to 12. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, throw it out in the trash can. Let's <laughs> yeah. not even put Paul on. Trust me. There's episodes but, I'd like to throw so out. So that's very hard for me, but I've realized through your help that, you know, as a creator, like, that's a weakness of mine because it's not about Paul's feelings. It's about the show. And Rich, I've been getting into Queer Eye. I started Queer Eye and I'm obsessed. I have been binging it and I love it. It's the best. It's Why? the best show. But I was listening to the podcast on the way here with uh, John Van Nees, I believe is his name. And he said in his show, he, had, he got picked up by Netflix. He interviews people and he goes, it's so hard because sometimes he genuinely loves that interview, but he has to make the decision to cut it out. Yeah. And he was talking about that. And I was like, that's me. Dude. But moving forward, I want to be better about that. You know? Um, I would say if we're, if we're going to try and give like some other tactical points ish, it was a niche for sure. We didn't do any research though. We just, we just knew this was new and we really got on before a lot of other shows. Yeah. Like, since we've been on, and I'm not saying we are the reason, but, like, how many people have we had on the show that now have podcasts? Somebody told me yesterday they started their NFT podcast because they saw us doing yeah. well. Like, yeah. So, so which we is cool. Were, so we were early, so to speak. So we were kind of early, which was great, but it doesn't mean you have to be early if you make great content. It doesn't matter how late you are. Um, the other thing I would say is the title. And sorry, let me try and make this not just podcast podcasting, the title NFTs for newbies is extremely and unbelievably clear. So if you're talking about marketing messaging or sales messaging, like being concise and clear, easy to remember, searchable, huge, searchable searchable. is super huge, is super huge. So again, like this is not just about podcasting. This is about business in general, or just, you know, whatever you're kind of pursuing in general. If you want to become an expert at it and you want to help other people with it, then you need to learn how to be quick, concise, like you said, searchable and and keep the message easy. Like no one has to worry. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now this is from Sean Specey who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs simplified. Yeah. Another thing that we did that I'm super glad is when we started seeing the uptick in downloads, we immediately went to two a week. And I'm telling you, we didn't have a plan or a backlog 
We weren't getting paid to do this. So, I mean, like switching to two a week was a lot because it's pulling away from our businesses, our families, and so forth. And then we scaled to three a week. So when we saw the uptick, we rode that wave, which is really an important lesson that I'll take with me moving forward is just when something has momentum, like step on the gas and don't be afraid to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we did because I, I think that attributed to a lot of our growth. Here's a downside or here's something that that was a bottleneck. We were at two, we went to three and we chose a Saturday episode because we were also making YouTube videos. So master the medium is what I would say. Like I I would say we were nailing it on the podcast side and we got very, very ambitious, rightfully so, because we had business going on and we could afford the YouTube people. But what I did not foresee, neither did you, was after NFTs became the most searched word for the year 2021, January, it literally took like the biggest cliff dive ever. And our momentum was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And it decreased and decreased and decreased. And it's still very substantial and we're very happy with it, but it was a huge decrease. So what does that mean? That means our obligation to our sponsors who buy impressions from us or downloads, so to speak, like that got elongated. So then we couldn't talk about our own stuff. We couldn't build our own social. And then we're on the hook for that. And I have done no business development in a long time because we, we knew we had sponsors. So if I can't do any business development, we don't have like predictable income, then how can we keep up that second half of the business, right? How can we keep up the YouTube channel, which was costing, I'm just going to be honest with everyone, like $35,000 to $4,000 a month to take our videos and make them really cool, edit them, jump cuts, titles, all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, like- This is the stuff people don't talk about, y'all. Yeah, and we had to cut ties with our partner who we love. uh, Our YouTube partner. Yeah, our YouTube partner on the channel. Because like, it just wasn't sustainable. Right. That was brutal, but you guys need to know that. But that also helped us to do what? Like, what were we able to get from that and how were we able to move forward? I think the realization that we are podcasters first and to really hammer in on that and focus on that and master that skill set. So I think of an analogy when we're talking about this of, you know, just because you have more income coming in doesn't necessarily mean you need to raise your expenses, right? And so sometimes we do that, like we get a raise in our job. We're like, oh shoot, I'm gonna go get a new car and get a new house and do all this stuff. But then if something happens, like you lose that job, you're like F, right? And so I think- Fuck, she means fuck. I don't, I don't, I'll try not to cuss. So I think that's kind of looking back on what we did. I don't, again, regret any of it. It was a good learning opportunity, but I don't think we should have not stepped on the gas with content, but maybe release the gas a little bit with thinking about the business side of like, how we can make this into something full-time for everybody. I want to hit this last point and try not to get too long here, but how could we not talk about one of the main, main reasons like we got 10 million and this is your area of expertise. Heather and Brian, her husband, do not get nearly enough credit for the community building. And I'm going to tell you guys that Heather's like second to none. Like I would trust Heather with anything in which I needed a community bill. And I probably will in the future, but I don't care about a community right now for my own individual business. But for this, it has been critical. So talk to me about that. Like, what did we do and how did we scale that? And I think, by the way, sorry, I just need to throw this in because I don't think you would mention it. We've literally had an increase, a percentage, like one to 2% increase across all our socials every week for like months now. Like, it always continues to go up little by little. Yeah. 
you're really generous and kind with my community building skills. She can't take I, compliments. I'm learning community building. I'm fascinated with it. I think one thing that you and I both bring to the table with this is we genuinely, from the bottom of our hearts, care about those of you who are listening right now. And that's not a tactic or something you can learn. That's something that is just there. And it's trying to figure out how do we show that caring through the things that we do. I think moving forward, I want to get better about bringing in more voices from the community to be a more collaborative effort. You guys have noticed that we use a lot of clips. We shout you guys out a lot. We do our very best to do like surveys and reposting and all of that. And we want to get better and better and better about that. But I think starting new projects, no matter if you're a podcaster or whatever, bring it into a collaborative effort because people, again, to that identity piece, they want to feel like this is our show. We're newbies all together and we're learning together. And this is all of our project versus, oh, we're just listening to Heather and Rich be gurus about something. Mm-hmm. The last thing, sorry. I feel like they're going to they're gonna continue to pop up, but this is it. And then be ready with your random question. You should talk to yourself five steps behind you. Talk to yourself because you're not alone. Like, I will tell you one thing I gained from this is that the real understanding that there's like 7 billion fucking people on the planet. Like, a percentage of 1% of that, if they're even interested in your subject, you have a chance to reach them, and that's probably hundreds of thousands of people. And they might be just behind you. There's people we know right now who've started out with our podcast and are now doing crazier things that we can't even imagine. Cool. Like, we don't have a problem with that, but we know there's more coming. So it's like... Talk to yourself five steps behind. How would you coach yourself? What did you learn? What do you need to know? What questions do you have? And I think you're going to be good. Last part on the community thing is a lot of our content comes from your guys' questions. 100%. And that's big. So that way we know. So if you are one of these people, whether it's social media content, podcasting, video, any of that stuff, if you ever feel like you don't know what to talk about, ask your community. And if you don't have the community to ask, then you realize you have a community problem. So start building that up. Start building that up. Well, if you don't have a community, go to somebody who has a community that you want and go look at their comments. So go to a YouTube channel. If you talk about snake plants, go to a snake plant channel. I'm really big in that right now. Yes, you are. And look at all their comments and then start making content for that and then you'll get your own community. But here's here's our final question. One of my favorite artists is this man named James Victory. He has a book called Fet Perfection and he has a mustache and he's odd and I love him. And I just bought one of his pieces from my office and it said... The thing that made you weird as a kid will make you great as an adult. And I wanted to know, Rich, what is the thing that made you weird as a kid that you think makes you great as an adult? My immediate thought was, that's bullshit. (laughs) You know, I'm always honest. Because I couldn't think of anything. Like, something like that is very thought-provoking. And I've said this a million times, and I'll just leave it here. And then I want to hear what made you quirky or, or what, what's contributed. I, I don't have a lot of similarities to who I was as a kid. I don't have a lot of similarities to who I was in the Marines. I don't have a lot of similarities to who I was in Amazon. It's like a progressive uncovering. And I believe if you're the same person you were a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, then like, what the hell are you doing? If you have a business and you have the same revenue as you did last year, then what are you doing? So... I can't relate to that dude because I want to get far from some of the versions of me that there were. Yeah, but there's an, there's an identity and essence that you were born I was, with. You know what I mean? Uh, like heavy a- eating, crooked, like just, so I was bad. You weren't bad. I was there bad. Had to be- um, I didn't learn Spanish. 
I ate a lot. That's all I remember. You didn't learn Spanish. That was a bad part about you. Yeah, I was resistant. Really? Why? I was resistant because I was embarrassed uh, of how I would sound. Interesting. And I, still to this day, like my Spanish is like I could talk to I could talk Spanish, but get me in front of an advanced person, like I'm like jumping out the window. <laughs> so I, it's hard to say. Quickly, I was very, very quirky, silly, and kind of a clown, like wanted to make people laugh. And I kind of felt resistant around that as an adult because I was like, okay, well, you want to be mature and respected and all that stuff. But over the past couple of years, I've been leaning a little bit more into that where I'm like, you know what? It's okay if people think I'm immature or dumb, like quirky and funny-ish. I'm not really funny. Humorous, let's say humorous. That's something great about me and it's something I want to keep. Um, I like to hear you talk positively about yourself. I'm working on it. I got it. it. I I got (gasps) the thing. I got the thing. I have a very horrible attention span and I get bored by things that don't interest me. Mm -hmm. So essentially that's been a struggle my whole life. Like whatever subject matter there was, whatever I was learning in the Marine Corps, like, dude, like I was never the dude who could take apart a weapon in two seconds and put it back together because I didn't give a shit about it. There's a lot of things I did in the Marine Corps that I loved and there's other things that didn't interest me, but I always noticed there's a complete degradation in my capacity and potential when I'm doing something I don't want to do. So now that matters because I don't do shit I don't want to do. And you know that. You know that. (laughs) And it suits me. It suits me because like it just keeps me... There you go. <laughs> yeah. So Heather, the therapist, helped we me uncover that. We had some self-love today in this little podcast. So where can people find us if this is your first time listening and hearing about our old junk? <laughs> well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to our latest post on Instagram and comment and tell us the thing that uh, made you weird as a kid, that makes you great as an adult now or something you appreciate and let us know because I'd love to hear those responses. Bye. Bye.